What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode three of season six, a special episode of 645 start time as the Philadelphia Phillies first game of the uh, playoffs. So we're going to try to get this in under an hour so we can get everybody off watching the game. I'm your host, Jim Microphone, joined as always by Jack Smith and Travis Ballinghoff. If you're watching us live on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed and set an alert for future shows. And if you're listening as a podcast, please make sure you're listening and subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to get your notifications for future episodes the minute we upload them. Uh, okay, uh, obviously we are coming down to the wire for, for Flyers camp. Regular season is just about a week away, I believe, the start of the NHL season. Uh, so we're going to be talking camp battles, which Flyers have a lot of those going on, and that's a good thing. We're going to get to those. Um, Flyers won last night. I believe they are now 2-2-1 two, two, and one, uh, on the preseason, so solid little record there. Uh, we'll talk some vets. Coots and Atkinson uh, trying to ramp things up here, and the Flyers had made more cuts. We'll talk maybe the most surprising ones or at least the most noticeable players cut from the team all in tonight's episode. Uh, so, boys, let's get right to it. Um, Flyers played last night, 3-1 win over the Bruins. Pretty convincing win. I want to talk some of the players that stood out because they're going to be in the conversation here with, I guess, there's a three, let's call it a three-way battle for, I don't know how many spots, two, and I'm talking Brink, Allison, Forrester. Um, I watched the game last night. It's clear that Bobby Brink is going to make some sort of a jump, right? We were talking about this leading up to preseason, leading up to camp. Bobby Brink is too good for the AHL. The skills are there. This kid, he probably should be in the NHL. Showing everybody what he can do all through camp. He's healthy. Remember, he had the hip surgery last year. Takes a little while to get going. He's hit the ground running this year, and that's what we all wanted to see. Uh, Tyson Forster. Somewhat has been, uh, I guess, a little bit underwhelming in camp and in these preseason games. So we'll talk about him. We'll talk about him. And Wade Allison, obviously still in the mix. He is not waiver exempt. Uh, so if the, he does get waived for the purpose of sending down to the Phantoms, I believe he can be claimed. So that factors in. So let's talk about these three guys. Bobby Brink obviously stood out again last night in positive ways. Wade Allison, I thought, stood out in positive ways. Uh, Tyson Forrester, to me, didn't stand out in negative ways, but you didn't notice him as much as those other two guys. Now, you guys have been watching more of uh, camp and preseason as, uh, than I have. I've only really gotten into it the last couple of days, admittedly, with everything going on. Um, but I'll ask you guys, and, and, and Trav, we can kind of start with you first here. Uh, what have you seen so far of of those three players, and uh, you know how do you think we're looking going for these last couple of spots? So I'll start with Tyson Forrester first, and you remember a couple of weeks or a month or two ago we kind of did the that video where we were projecting the forward line combinations, and I think I was the only one who had Forrester making the opening night roster, and I looked at how he played in the NHL last year. I looked at how he played in the AHL last year. I looked at what John Tortorella had to say about him, and he had very great things to say about Tyson Forrester last year, and that doesn't happen with too many players in John Tortorella where they get praised in the media. He was one of the few. And I come in to this season thinking, okay, if this guy has a mediocre camp, I think he's an NHLer. I thought it was that simple. Bad camp? Probably not, but if he, season, just, if he just had a mediocre camp, he would have made the team. Well, the thing is, in my opinion, he's had a bad camp. I thought he had a bad rookie camp. I thought he had a bad development camp. Those don't mean as much. You fast forward to NHL training camp. I don't think he's been very good. The couple of days I've been at the skate zone watching practice hasn't stood out. Um, the couple of games we've gotten to see, whether it was on stream or on NBC Sports Philly, hasn't looked very good to me. I would agree with you that last night was really the only night I thought he looked okay. But even at that, you know, he, he missed the net a couple of times. He had a couple uh, nice four checks behind the net. Like, it's not like he's actually, like, creating offense and 
unleashing unleashing that bomb of a shot. Like I've been really disappointed with this guy's preseason and his training camp overall. So then enters Bobby Brink, who I thought absolutely dominated the rook uh, the development camp. Excuse me, um, rookie camp kind of like all the young guys. Eh. Uh, fast forward to the NHL training camp in the preseason. What really matters? I've really liked what I've seen. I think he's been one of the best players in the games he's played on both teams every single night, whether that's against the Bruins, the Devils a couple nights ago. He's really, really, really impressed me. We talk about the vision, right, and the pure playmaking ability this guy has. Guy makes plays. And I guess he's not the fastest. Hasn't really been an issue at all that I've seen. His skating ability. Um, got a good stick on him. He he breaks up some plays um, on the four check in the D zone as well. I've liked what I've seen there. Like the guy, like up and down the ice, he's making plays. He wants to be on the NHL roster. I've been insanely impressed with the kid. Um, the last guy, Wade Allison. Um, one of them first couple games against the Devils, he really struggled. Um, last night I thought he was okay. Uh, the game before that, the one they lost to the Devils in overtime, I thought he was one of the best players on the ice there. So kind of an up and down kind of preseason and training camp for Wade. Um, you talk about the waivers that kind of comes into this. Um, if two out of those three guys make the team, he's the second one for me, and he's my 13th forward going into the season. That would mean Bobby. That would mean Bobby Brink makes my opening night roster, and Tyson Forster would start on the Phantoms. That's for me. Not too much to add for me there. I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> it's kind of irritating to read some things out there uh, about just handing things over to the young guys, like we've not learned our lesson in that. Uh, I understand that some of the fourth line guys or depth guys we had in the past, the Chris Van Vidalbys, the Dale Weeses, weren't exactly, you know, to the typical guys you'd want. But I do think we have better guys in the mix this year. Paling looked pretty good in preseason. I liked his 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 outside of his goals, his point production, um, his faceoff percentage was pretty good. So it's another thing this team could use. We don't have G anymore. So like, and he's a young guy. So like, I think you have to earn, if, if you're that good, it shouldn't be hard to earn your spot. I don't understand why this is a big deal. Like, I don't understand why we have to hand it to people. Uh, there's people out there like, oh yeah, just stick somebody on the, I saw somebody post Brink on the fourth pairing with like Delore and uh, Paling. I'm like, what? why? Like, I don't even think I would do that in NHL. Like, it's just, that's just stupid. Like, I, I don't understand the thought process. I don't understand the – why is it Brink or this player or Forrester or this – why not both? Because they didn't earn it, like you, you were alluding to. Yes, because a guy was good the previous year, the end of the previous year. You don't just walk into a roster spot. I mean, look at Wade Allison, for example. Everybody was gung-ho about him two years ago and how that turned out. Now he's like, well, we don't want to send him down because we might lose him. We still want to see what we have in him. But ultimately, it's a huge year for him. We were hoping he'd be – trending upwards like could he be on the second line that this could he be on the power play could he do this could he do that instead we're like is he an nhl player like things happen like that you have to earn your keep you don't just get here and shut off you know you don't vroby of it like you have to get <laughs> here and then prove you can stay here and to come into a camp where it's almost your spot to lose and to not show up like that why would you hand somebody like that a roster spot it's stupid and this i always in regards to to forrester right to Forrester, yeah, and then to, to piggyback with how well Brink has played. I remember bringing him up in like the first week of September and be like, yeah, we've been hearing a lot about this guy. But he's gone through some injuries. What do we have here? And geez, did he arrive. Like, I mean, yes, it's preseason, but I don't know how you don't give this guy the spot. I totally agree with the Allison being the 13th forward. Uh, you could either mix them in or you know injuries are going to happen. It is death tax and the flyers will get injured like it is it's going to happen so there's going to be opportunity including for forester so like why are we crying about this like he everybody and more are going to get up here and play what when it doesn't matter when they get here opening lineup i think you should reward the guys who proved it who have shown up who have you know you don't just pop out of the woodworks like oh i happen to be good at hockey no it takes hard work success is usually from hard work so i think brink should get it i think allison's for multiple reasons allison should be with the big club the waiver exemption or non-exemption is just another another reason uh, i don't want to lose him for nothing i want to see what we have in the guy 
let them ride the bench, let them practice with the team, let them get some spot starts. You know, we're not exactly trying to win anything. So yeah, I don't, it's, it's seeming pretty, pretty clear to me. I mean, if it would season were to start tomorrow, what the lineup would be, uh, I, I don't, there's too many, I think the fourth line set in stone. And I think everybody else all, for forward wise is I think everybody else is pretty much NHL regulars. Can we kind of go through a forward lineup real quick? Because I don't think it's intentional. People are trying to make, and, and this is somewhat a testament. I'm not saying the flyers are, you know, five lines deep talent wise at forward, but they have a lot of depth on the, on their forward uh, roster. And so top line, I guess Coots, who still rounding into form, which is expected. To me, he looks still rusty. He doesn't look like the same Coots. But he's been out of hockey for about a year and a half now. Two back surgeries will do that to you. All right. Coots at center. I guess Konechny, Barabee. Again, if I'm just throwing names out so we can kind of get to the last couple spots here. Uh, those guys are guaranteed. Second line center. Uh, it seems like it's been Morgan Frost, correct? Uh, with who on his wings? Uh, Farabee and Atkinson looks like that's going to be the second line. Okay. How good were they last night? <laughs> Dude. And so here's, here's the thing, because I, I was actually getting it. Like Flyers Twitter was in like peak form yesterday. Atkinson has played in how many preseason games so far before last night? One? It was Two? one before that. I think yeah, last night was his second. Right. So yep. Before this game really even got going, I guess he had a slow start. Right. And which I expected. I'm not looking for Cam Atkinson to come out of the gate a year out of hockey and be the same guy. Right. So I'm expecting Rust, yada, yada. As this game went on, he looked like Cam Atkinson from two years ago. I was impressed with Cam Atkinson last night, quite frankly. Uh, all things considered, I th he looked like a guy that they can still rely Once his fitness gets to where it needs to be, because you could see maybe he was, uh, Huffing and puffing a little bit. He was sucking wind at some points, which, hey, it's preseason. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a good veteran to have on that roster. Um, Trav, I, I, so guys, I, I left somebody off that top here. So if Farabee's well, playing line two with Frost, then it'd be Tippett on the top line. All right, Tippett. Thank yeah. you. Is that what they're? So that's no, why no, 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 no. Uh, well, I don't know what they're doing, but that we had Tippett on the second line. Oh, okay. But you guys said he said Faraby originally, and then the line that was out the other night had Faraby on the second line. So we had Faraby. Okay. I'm so, sorry. So I'm assuming the top last, last night the second line was Tippett, Atkinson, Frost. No. Okay. Okay. Maybe you misspoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Faraby's on the top yeah, so line. Anyway, that's those names are our top six. Like I think mm -hmm. that's pretty. That's pretty sad. All right, and so now we're looking at line three. And I think in Brink at this point. That's, yeah, that's what I'm going. Okay. And so line four, is, we, I think we all agree is Paling or Poling. Because I keep hearing two different pronunciations. Paling. So really, like we thought, I think during our lineup projections was that third line right wing spot is, you know, I, I think we were kind of split. Forrester, no Forrester. I think um, – I think, you know, Allison's going to fight for that spot too. Is he going to be the 13th forward? Do you think they try to get Brink in a couple games and then eventually send him back down? Because I'm going to be honest, but I know it's like he's kind of the hip thing right now, right? Because he's he's playing well. He's a good player. I'm not taking anything away. There were a couple instances last night where I'm like, that's not an NHL play that he just made. It was I think he's it done that the last two games. <laughs> it looks like something that maybe you get away with in the AHL, yeah. but in the NHL against a good team, that's going to end up in the back of your net. When he when he's on the weak side coming down the left wing and he cuts back and he tries to pass it to the right D. Dude, is that yeah. what you're talking about? He's done that two games in a row. Yep. I've noticed that. So you think Torres is going to let that fly? Absolutely <laughs> not. And I don't I don't want to say this like. You have to hold it against them. But when the race is close, you have to remember those things, all right? It's like he's still a young kid. Do you give him – so if he makes the team out of camp now and is eventually set down, what's the goal next camp? Because he already made the team this year. Do, does, do you know what I'm saying? Is there – are you taking away motivation 
next camp. I don't even think it needs to go as far as camp. The motivation needs for him to refine his game yeah. and get back up here this season and then be consistent. This yeah. is where the, I keep bringing it up, but it's like the perfect example. This is the Vorobiev versus Cam York thing. You know, Vorobiev did everything in camp to get to the team, had like two good games and just completely stopped playing hockey. Got sent down and got all, you know, pissy about it and was, I think he got called up once because of injuries after that and then he was back to Russia where York didn't make the team out of camp, was up and down a little bit, then came up and stuck. That's what you'd rather see. Like we make a big deal out of like making the roster out of camp. I just care if you get here, you stay here. That's all I care about. And then what you're talking about with these plays that he's making, this is the guy that shines during camp. And we're talking about him being sent down if he keeps up this AHL style of play someplace. Um, This is why you don't hand the keys to the kids the keys to the kingdom. He's a perfect example of why you don't do that. You also need to be held accountable. If you screw up, you need to be reprimanded in some in some way. You know, and, and that you're a young guy and you got vets here who play the right way. Yeah, that's gonna happen. That's that's why the system's in place. That's why it is. This is this is why it, it infuriates me when it's like, well, I want Forrester on the second line, uh, I want Brink on the first line and the first power play. I want to see uh Denoyer. I want to see Tamula. Uh, who else we got? Like that's just idiotic to me. Like, it's so yeah. stupid and backwards thinking. And considering what we just went through, where that kind of happened to an extent, uh, yeah, it went south fast, real fast. So, yeah, it, I have full faith that Tortorella will handle this appropriately. And I wouldn't be surprised if he got sent down. And that's okay. It's totally okay. I, I agree. I'll come in here quick. I think it's ultimately just going to come down to production. And if, you know, this guy's five, six games in and he only has a point, or maybe none, then I think he gets sent down. But like you hear the interview Jonesy did during the intermission, you hear the interview Danny B did. They both said like, we want these young guys to attack and make plays. And if they make the wrong play or a bad play, like that's okay. We want you guys to keep attacking. We'll see how Torts agrees with that. We're going to see that with our own eyes as the season goes on. But like Danny B is going to be the one to send Bobby Brink down or not. So if he continues to make that dumb play across ice where it's getting intercepted and going the other way, well, you know, we'll see. Is the front office going to be okay with him learning through that in the NHL rather than, okay, just go back to the AHL where you may get away with that and he's going to be a point-per-game player? Is he really developing at that point? Let him develop Hmm. in the NHL where, okay, well, you made that play and torch sit you for the last 10 minutes of the period. You're not going to play if you make that dumb decision. Is it, it? That's the way I would take it as of right now. We do have another preseason game. I mean, if Tyson Forster lights the world on fire, we might not even be having this conversation. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think it's going to come down to his production. If he's struggling to put up points in the NHL, I think that's where he gets sent down rather than a bad player too. Well, that's what, yeah, and that's why I'm thinking Torch will handle it. I'm not saying send him down, but he's definitely going to have Danny's ear to an extent. But um, he may bench him. He may give him less minutes. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, yeah, it, I mean, a player of his nature, his stature, it's going to come down to point production because that's where his game is. So I mean, I'm curious to see how he gets deployed uh, and what happens. I hope he's responsible enough to earn those you know minutes and maybe even crack like a second power play unit at some point. Yeah. Um, We'll it ultimately we'll see. It's up to him. I've seen how many times we've we seen guys come out of the gate like real hot and then <laughs> it cools off so fast. Well, a good way to, to stay out of the doghouse if you're not producing is to do the right thing. So we'll see. They're gonna be practicing. We'll see what kind of player you know the brink is. Like a lot of these guys nowadays, they're a little bit soft. Well, and I'm not just talking about physically, so you know, they're mentally. So we'll see what Brink's made of. And if if hopefully he can just make it stick. Not just him, these other guys too. They're gonna to get opportunities, and uh, you know, hopefully they they play it right. So here's something. So I think you guys knew like before camp started, I was kind of talking Brink up a little bit, and now I find myself not so much on the other side because he's playing very well, but I'm kind of trying to temper like expectations somewhat Mm. because everyone's going crazy. Like dude, Brink's always 
he's been pretty good like this. He's especially towards the end of last year. He really came on. You're seeing what he was doing. He looks like he beefed up a little bit. He put the work in over the summer, but let's not anoint him yet as the next coming. Like let's make, like, let's do things the right way here. There's some technical stuff as well. Like for example, he can be sent down to the minors and not be claimed. Wade Allison, on the other hand, cannot. Wade Allison, I thought, also looked good yesterday. You know what I mean? When you factor those two things in, if you need the extra roster spot or whatever, it's unfortunate, I guess, because Brink had a great camp, but I'm keeping Wade Allison on the roster. I'm not cutting him. This is a valuable player. He's looked good. Like, let's not forget that aspect. It's very important. Uh, And then there was one more thing on Brink. He did draw penalties yesterday, Mm -hmm. last night, which is very good for two reasons. If you have a good power play, it means maybe goals. Flyers did not score on the power play yesterday. If you have a bad power play, it should just mean that your opponent's not getting scoring opportunities. So anyways, he's he's pushing the puck, like, like you guys mentioned, creating offense, drawing penalties, all good positive things. Flyers power play, while people on Twitter are going, oh, they're passing the puck better, they're moving the puck better. To me, they didn't get quality chances, quality scoring chances on the power play. They weren't getting puck to, the, to goal. Um, it looks like teams know. So you guys are going to hate me for this especially when Cam York was at the point teams know where they, where the flyers want to get the puck to already, right? They're looking for Forrester. They're looking for Tippett, Atkinson. They got the shooters on the outside. Cam York. I don't know if you got to worry about his shot from the blue line. So when he has the puck, where's he going? He's not going to goal. He's going left or right. Very easier to defend. Uh, I don't know. They got to work some stuff out on the power play still. I'm not ready to say that it's going to be improved compared to last year. Maybe a guy like Brink can help with that. I don't know. You guys. Yeah, that's something I really didn't look for. I'll look for that as we continue to go here. This is the year to do it. You know, why he's here? Experiment. Why not? What do you got? What do you got to lose? Actually, lose is the plan. Okay, so let's move on a little bit because we're already over 20 minutes in and we're going to try to we're going to try to keep this an hour or less. Um, as we mentioned, Philly's in the playoffs, home game tonight, game one. All right. Uh, I'm looking at our topic list here. Uh, Trav, say this guy's last name, Samu. Tuamala. Tuamala. Still with the team. Interesting. So you guys have seen more of him so far this in camp. What have you seen from Samu Tuamala? Um, I'll start it. Um, I mean, going back to the rookie game, I was like, man, this guy made a lot of plays and then go to the first couple of days of training camp and it continued and they've let him practice with the NHL club a lot. Um, I don't think he makes the opening night roster. I think that's pretty obvious at this point, but you send him down to the Phantoms and hopefully Lappy and his staff can continue to develop him because, I mean, I'll speak for myself. Like I kind of gave up on this guy. Like I was just like, okay, well, it, you go on cap friendly, you know, you might see his name on there, but he's never going to be a player for the flyers. He may go play over in Europe, the rest of the, you know, his career, mm-hmm. but man, like this guy has really like invented his, I shouldn't say invented, but like, uh, brought his game back to what I think we thought when we were drafting him. like, okay, the, the ceiling is high. The floor's low. Um, this isn't the slam dunk pick. This is a more of a riskier pick, but like this guy makes so many plays with his legs and for a small guy, I think he makes some plays in the corners on the walls that like a lot of guys, his size don't, he's obviously got to continue to work on that because he is smaller. You do see him get bumped a little bit, but it's better than what I thought it would be. So I don't think this guy ends up making the NHL team. I think it's obvious at this point, but I'm glad that they're kind of keeping him around and letting him work with the NHL guys because he's really deserved it for where he was the last time we saw him, at least in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it starts with a rookie game, like you were saying. Uh, He just was buzzing. 
And coming into this, this camp, I, I don't think many people had too many expectations as Trav was saying, kind of wrote him off. And it was kind of like, he had like not made his, like his, was it the SHL he's in? Uh, I think he was struggling for minutes there. He struggled to make the world juniors or, or whichever team it was like every kiss of death from a prospect. Hmm. He was checking all those boxes. Like it wasn't looking good, but he shows up to camp and he's like a completely different guy. And it's like, he, he I don't think he, he obviously doesn't make the team anyway, but just purposely having him last this long, is just like the organization's tip of the cap to like, wow, you really, you put yourself on the map here. You know, you know, where we may have had you lower on our what we expect of you. You have definitely put yourself back on the map here. Um, and yeah, I'm now I'm kind of excited again. Like what will he'll do with the Phantoms and what we have here and um, just somebody to keep keep an eye on going forward. It was very good to see what he did and just more reason to have some interest in the Phantoms. A lot, a lot of names down there now, which is kind of cool, kind of exciting. For sure. Yeah, they're going to be fun to watch. Uh you don't have to go far to watch some of the Flyers' better prospects. That's for sure. Um, a lot of them are in Lehigh. Another road trip? Another road trip? I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Uh, I think the Phantoms started their preseason tonight, game one. Um, all right. So I'm going down the topic list here. We did touch on kids versus, versus vets a little bit, but I want to kind of talk about it a little bit more. Uh, so it's always around this this time of year, this conversation or – not even a conversation. There are just people, the same people on Twitter, kind of proclaiming, play the kids. Why is a, why is a guy like this DeLorea have a spot? And it's just, it's brainless, in my opinion. Jack, you touched on it already. Why do you want Bobby Brink playing on the fourth line? And there will be people on Twitter who will tell you why, and none of it makes sense to me. Why do you, all right, like, for, for example, he's going to play fourth line, let's say. The very next complaint, like it's a script. He only played six, seven minutes on the fourth line. How can he develop? <laughs> like, dude, that's yeah. what you get on the fourth line, right? And the roles are different. You can't have four scoring lines. You just can't, right? There's, and maybe this sounds dumb, but I said it on Twitter earlier. There is more to a hockey game than scoring goals. Yes, I know you need to have more than the opponent. But if you put a team out there of all goal scorers that can't can't pass, can't forecheck, can't play defense, can't read plays, you're going to lose a lot. And so you need a mix of players. Players have shooters. They could use more players like Bobby Brink. I'll admit that for sure. I'm excited to watch him. Players like Hathaway, you need. As much as I, I don't even really care for Hathaway. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I just don't like him. Um, to quote Sidney Crosby, but uh, you need a player like Delorier, um, a paling. Uh, not that he's an enforcer type guy or, or, or a fighter or anything like that, but there's a psychology to sports. And if you've played a sport, you know. If you're going, if you're, if your next game you're getting ready for is against a tough team, whether physically or 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 otherwise you know that you need to prepare mentally a little bit different than if you were going against a team that just filled a bunch, like a bunch of sissies or, you know, whatever. You knew that you were going to have your way with the with that team, right? So most likely you were going to win. You were confident before you even stepped foot on the field or on the ice. You know what I'm saying? Whereas if you're going against a team where you, you're hurting after the game, you know what's coming. You know what to expect. You're not so much looking forward to that. And I'm not saying that you need a line of the Broad Street Bullies. No one's saying that. But there are different elements that go into making a hockey team. And it also depends on what stage in the team building you're in. Um, curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Jack, I know you're pretty passionate on this subject. We'll start with you with this one. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you have a young – look – would I like some of the younger players to be on this team? One, if they earned it. Two, if there's an open spot. I'm waiting for more moves to be made ultimately with this team. There's several players that come to trade deadline, come next offseason. It's going to happen. And if somebody really forces their way onto the roster and they've earned it, great. That's a good thing. As far as your team, we've seen this team way too many times in the past. 
get absolutely have their asses handed to them by division rivals. It wasn't more than three years ago. Scott Lawton was legit power bombed at center ice by Brady Kachuk, right? Yeah. Everybody forgets about that. By Brady Kachuk. Like, come on. Like, and then you got the Rangers beating you nine to one. And then the Flyers respond with an eight to three shellacking again. So like, this is a division rival. This is your home ice. You have to have, if you have any interest in winning in the future, you have to have respect for the logo on your chest and getting shellacked like that is just no respect for the logo on your chest. And these guys make sure these games don't get out of hand. These guys can wear down other teams for, I've seen fourth line shut down first lines. That's what they're there. That's what they do. They special. you're not going to really have too much of a counter attack, but that's okay. And I'm not saying deploy them every time the flyers score like Hacksaw used to. I'm definitely not saying that, but there is a, definitely a place for them. All good teams have them. Like I'll, I'll cut you off real quick. That fourth line in 2012 with Talbot Coots and Ronaldo and Wellwood in and out. We shut down Malkin. I mean, exa- it's exactly like that. This is, these guys do that. And if they, at the very least, they'll wear them down. They'll hurt. They'll put a hurting on them. They'll make sure that your guys don't get hurt too bad. I mean, the fact that I have to explain this kind of makes me wonder who's watching hockey nowadays. Yes. It's not the seventies. It's not the broad street bullies, but there is definitely still, wh- how are we trying to be harder to play against? If we were to eliminate, like it just, it goes against everything that we're trying to do. I understand that the last 10 years have been tough, but you can't completely like expunge it. You have to remember. So you don't make the same mistakes. Like you, you can't just be putting anybody out there. You can't be putting Bob, Bobby Brink out there. Like you said for three minutes of night. So we can test his durability, I guess. Like how many scoring opportunities are you going to have with Delorier? Is that a joke? Like, so what are we going to have a whole fourth line? Just rookies. That is like the most NHL thing I've ever done. 10 years ago. Like, are, are you kidding me? Like it is so idiotic and stupid. It's how you're not watching the game. You're not watching how Vegas plays, how these, how Boston plays, how St. Louis plays like these teams have been had success. Even Colorado, they have a line. They have players that do this and they do it for a reason. So I don't know. The fact that I have to explain it to people, some people that are a little bit older, like even my age, that is even more baffling to me. I understand you were hurt. By the Van Videlis. I understand you were hurt by the the leases. I understand that. Who was running the show when those guys were in the lineup? Hackstall and Hackstall. They're not in charge anymore. These guys know what they're doing. The guys that they have on the team right now know what they're doing. Paling's even young. Paling's a young guy. What is the problem here? Hathaway's going to be moved either this year or next year, and we'll see with Delore. But he he was like one of the shine the better things that came from the offseason the previous year. Like so, what, what's the problem here? Like it's, it's so idiotic to me. We'll just play all the young kids, watch them all get pushed around, beat up, probably lose confidence. And anybody who actually does play sports, especially at the higher level you go, understand confidence is a massive thing. You cannot have your confidence shaken. And obviously it's worse with different positions, goaltending, quarterback, pitching, but like any position, you do not want to have your confidence shaken because then you start to question yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is the last thing you want to do. So putting these guys up there and having them get pushed around, make them feel like they can't play in the NHL. And then now they're not doing things that they can do. Now they're just useless. And then you're like, well, I hope when he goes back down, he can come back up and pre pretty be pretty decent or at least reclaim his game. So like there's so many reasons to have these guys in the game. I, I just listed as many as I could. And I mean, Dan Lightly brings up a good point. Toronto has been (laughs) like all skill and they got past the first round once. Sure. They have, they have issues of goaltending and they can use a little bit more D, but uh, who they just bring in this year. Yeah. Ryan Reeves, Reeves, Pertuzzi, Tommy, like, come on. Like, we'll see how they do, you know? So, I mean, sure. Some of those guys can still play, but like, there's a reason these guys are still Reeves has been in the league for how long now? Like there's a reason these guys have roles in the NHL. This is this is basic stuff here, fellas. Like, come on. I'll, I'll hop in quickly. I mean, you guys nailed it on the head. Um, and even kind of go into Dan's comment, like, why the hell did Pittsburgh get rid of Ryan Paling? <laughs> like, they got nothing in their bottom six. I think they brought in a Chari. That's about as as much of the tough stuff they got over there. Like, and dude, our fourth line when I've been at camp have been so good. I I didn't like, I think Garnett Hathaway, I'll agree with Jim, not a big fan of him, but I do think he's one of the best fourth liners in the league. Mm -hmm. 
D'Lo, solid penalty killer, great four checker. Ryan Paling, like I didn't. He's kind of like a. He's not great at anything, but he's not bad at anything, right? Like, does that make sense? Like, he he can kind of provide a little bit of everything. Sure. Um, he he's got decent hands. He's got these. He's actually really quick. I should say that he's very fast. Um, but got decent hands. He's a pretty good four checker. Makes plays in the D zone. Like he brings you a little bit of everything. Um, I I can't believe how good that fourth line's been. Going back to the gym's original point, like yeah, there's absolutely no point to develop Tyson Forster on a fourth line or Bobby Brink on a fourth line. Um, maybe Wade Allison, just because I think that's what he's gonna ultimately be mm-hmm. is a bottom six guy. Um, like I'm if hoping he you has... can learn a thing or two from Hathaway to tell you the truth. Yeah, I, I still love agree. Allison, but I do too. Clock's ticking a little bit. Yep, this is pretty much sink or swim year for Wade Allison and Philly, at least. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like it. I don't know. Like, if Wade Allison does go out and have a monster game tomorrow night, I wouldn't be mad if he's in the lineup on the fourth line over one of them guys. If he goes out and earns it, it and on top of what I just said, I think he's a bottom six guy in the NHL at least right now. But yes, there's absolutely zero point to develop Tyson Forrester or Bobby Brink on a fourth line. The other thing I just wanted to add real quick was these are these fourth line guys, mostly the Delorier, Hathaway, other guys on other teams, Reeves. Like these are guys that like their roster spot. Delorier is a little bit of a different situation, but their roster spot typically is up in flux. Like they they cannot take any very many games off. They can't take years off. They, they can be sent down. They can be traded. Their careers can be over in a flash. So I like the idea of rook when the rookies do get here, even guys on the team now who are still young, like your you know, Cates and you know, your tippets, like seeing that these guys, how they carry themselves, how they are NHL players, how they're veterans and how they understand that nothing is guaranteed in this game. And you need to always show up with your best. And that's where the consistency comes from. And, you know, it's not the same game, but these guys have found a way to stay in the game as long as they have and carve out a role for themselves. And I like the idea of young kids following in those footsteps to an extent because getting here is just step one. Staying here is actually harder than step one. So that alone is great for your your young kids in your locker room. Like maybe maybe a guy like uh, Den Ya could develop on your fourth line when he's just breaking into the league. I don't know. Uh, it it's I agree with you guys. I've seen so much of the conversation on Twitter, and it's like we go through this every year. Like it, you can't do it. It doesn't work. And there's going to be injuries. Like I gotta yep. reiterate this. So you, these guys are gonna get plenty of play. It's gonna be fine. It's right. really gonna be okay. Like my, there's no way this team stays healthy. Like just watch the last five years. Like it'll be fine. There'll be plenty of playing. They're going to be fine. Just relax. Well said. Uh, One thing I wanted to point out was Wade Allison might be the perfect 13th forward. I agree. Right. You can slide him in or third, second line. If you're in a pinch, I I agree, But, but he might be the perfect 13th guy. Um, he worked his ass off uh, last night to the point where I was like, you, you can't cut this guy because it's it's there. Everything I think you wanted to see from him is there. Uh, somebody turned the puck over. Wasn't him. It was going back the other way. Busted his ass, caught the guy, forced a turnover, Flyers regained possession. That's the stuff that you want to see. That's not what you heard about him when the Flyers drafted him and, you know, we're, we're – waiting for him to come up, but he's unfortunately or fortunately for him, one of those guys that may have, may have had to tweak his game a little bit if he wants to stay on an NHL roster. Um, Cause you know, all we heard before was net front presence guy can put the puck in the net. Flyers have a lot of those guys now that can put the puck in the net. At least I think so. And uh, you know, it's good that he still has that ability ability but if he wants to stick around he's going to have to do some other things well and i think i saw some of that last night so we'll see what happens there um coming up on 40 minutes in guys so kind of move the conversation along a little bit here we did touch on atkinson a little earlier and how he 
he somewhat progressed throughout last night's game. He did score a goal, um, but he he looked more and more like himself, which I think will be important throughout the course of this season. I think he's got two years left this year and next year on his contract, I believe. Um, so, and we know that Tortorella really likes him. So I'm not sure if he's going to be a guy that they look to move early or anything like that. But I think having him around just his presence will be good for the team. He's a good guy, good locker room presence. If he can get back to, let's just say 20, 25 goals and, you know, play defense the way he did last night. He's don't forget, like this is a guy that plays on the PK and is a threat to score on the PK. Um, so Atkinson, I want to talk about, and then Sean Couturier. So this was the first time I've gotten to see him in game action this preseason. Uh, and I apologize. I want to apologize for the, to the listeners, because you guys are listening to us for, you know, our, our, our flyers takes and, uh, and, and whatnot. And, Kind of slacked off in that department the last week or so, so I want to apologize. But last night was the first time I watched Coots. And I, so when I watch these guys, I, I want to take out my biasness. And obviously my first thought is, can Couturier stay healthy, right? So I, I try not to elect, uh, let that affect me in a negative way while watching him. And uh, he looked – he looked <laughs> so Coots is already somewhat – He's not a fast skater. So when watching him now, it's like, I don't want to say he's noticeably slower than he was, but it's definitely not like he was before yet. Um, can he endure an 82 game season? Can he endure a month? Can he endure two months? Um, Cause it's like I said, it's, it's preseason. Teams aren't going all out the way they were. I mean, we saw Mark's Mark stone get drilled. I think it was over the weekend by uh, former Chuck Fletcher favorite and Hayden Hodgson. <laughs> if Sean Couturier takes a hit like that, what happens? If he takes multiple hits, hits like that, what happens? Like, don't forget, like, Coots is playing net from uh, on the power play, I'm pretty sure. He's going to get whacked. He's going to get pushed. He's going to get hit. Those fears are still around just because he's playing. Um, He's definitely shaking off the rust. I'm rooting for Couturier. I'm trying to stay neutral when I watch him. It's going to take him a little bit. It, in my opinion, it looks like Atkinson is coming around a little quicker than Coots is. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Trav, I'll throw this one to you. How does Couturier look in camp? So I'll go to your last point real quick. You said you think Cam is farther along with Coots, farther along than Coots. I disagreed with that until last night. I okay. thought Atkinson was much stronger than Couturier last night. I, I'll be honest, I didn't think um, either guy really has had a good camp, which is completely to be expected. Not worried. I probably won't worry about it for another couple months. And that might end up being good for the Flyers, get some losses early in the season, uh, don't collect any points in the standings. Maybe that ends up helping them. Yeah. Um, both, yeah, like both guys really started camp slow. Um, and I thought Couturier started coming along a little quicker than Atkinson until last night. I was like, wow, Cam looks really good tonight. Um, so, yeah, I think Coots has played three preseason games and games in Atkinson too is that correct I know Atkinson's definitely played two I think Coots maybe three yeah so he played one earlier yeah I mean that's just kind of the annoying part of preseason is especially with our schedule because we have three away then three home we had all the AHL guys for the most part on the away games all the NHL guys in the home games every team does that it's just weird that we started out three away three on three at the Wells Fargo center. Very strange, but yeah, not a ton more to add. Both guys kind of starting to get going a little bit. I'm not going to be worried until a couple months down the road more. So I'm just hoping both of them can stay on the ice and play a lot of minutes. For sure. Jack thoughts on Cam and Coots. Yeah, not much more to add. Um, I guess I, I thought I saw a couple of plays, from Coots where I couldn't speak too much for his offensive game. 
I kind of agree with what Trav said in that regard. I just feel like I feel like his defensive game, uh, at least his stick works, is still there. His positioning is still there. But um, as far as strength, as far as like his total package game, is left to be desired. It's almost like my bad. It's almost like with Cooch, you can tell the speed isn't there. Like Jim said, he's never been fast, but he's a little slower than he maybe he used to be. Um, but the skill is still there, right? Like we saw him make a pretty good pass last night. So maybe the speed yeah. and the timing's not there, but like when he does have the time, you can, you can tell that the skill is still mm-hmm. there. I think that's a good sign. Yeah. And I can't help but think they, you know, especially in Kutz's case, he, they just might be taking it a little easy. Um, just feeling things out. You know, I, I just I don't know how true that is. Uh, I just I always feel that way with guys coming back from injury from a long term injury from the previous year. And in Coots's case, probably something that's going to linger for sure. Linger being a very generous way to say it. Another reason why it's not a bad thing to have guys like the Laurier, Sealer, Hathaway, you know, <laughs> because you, you got guys like Couturier and Atkinson. Yo, games get chippy, man. It'll happen. It'll definitely. The Flyers could be 25 games out of the playoffs playing a division rival who's trying to make the playoffs or trying to improve their standings in the playoffs, and things get chippy. It absolutely can happen. Absolutely. For sure. Um, So something that we didn't put on the topic list here, and we're about 46 minutes in, so maybe we'll go for another 10 minutes, but the Flyers started a lot of the younger D last night. So guys like Walker, Stahl, Sealer, I didn't see in the game. Um, they still kept the pair of York and Mr. Line. And so there you go, Trav. Good call on that. Uh, the second pair seems to, at least last night, it was Zamula and Sanheim. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I'll let, I'll, I'll take your guys' opinions on that first. Um, and then I think the third pairing was, was Jinning and Adderd, who I'm excited <laughs> to talk about those two guys yes. to tell you the truth. Um, I didn't see Andre in the game last night. Uh, I didn't go back and look at the roster, but I didn't hear his name. Didn't see him out there. Um, not sure what kind of camp he's having, so we'll get to him. Um, but I want to talk about Zamula Sanheim first. <laughs> and it's funny that those two are paired together <laughs> because if you guys have listened to our past shows, and I know Jack and Trav, you guys already know, God damn it, I am not... I wasn't thrilled with that pairing. Seeing them together, it was just a very bland pairing. Just two long, lanky players uh, supposedly can move the puck. Didn't see much offense out of them together. It's it's like they're afraid to. It's like they're afraid to try to score. Or, I don't know. I'm not sure. I just don't like that pairing. If you guys had a chance to see them together, I would like to hear. Uh, your guys' thoughts, so um, fire away there, whoever wants to take that one. Um, I'll start it off. Um, I thought the pair was pretty ugly last night of Sanheim and Zamula, and I remember this so vividly. There were multiple shifts where Zamula would make a good play and then follow it up with two bad ones, all in the same shift. I'm like, dude, like you're so close to, like, being able to make a difference and you're not doing it. That's an AHL player is yes. what that is, unfortunately. So exactly what you just said, when they can do one thing and then followed up with two negatives, like that can't, at the NHL, you can't do that. Um, so good observation by you there. Sorry. And he, his whole camp and preseason Zamula, that is, in my opinion, has been very inconsistent. thought he had a good game against Boston a couple of nights ago, the game they won in a shootout. Um, just very inconsistent and all over the place training camp and preseason. I'll be honest, and I don't think Jim's going to like this. From what I've seen, Travis Sanheim has had the best camp out of any flyer. And I truly yeah. mean that. I've been really impressed. Um, Noah Cates is up there, but I've, I've been so impressed with Sanheim. They can't. Uh, they kept saying it last night that he put on like 15 to 17 to 20. No one got the number right. Every time he kept going up. <laughs> <laughs> it kept going up. So it was a different number every time, but it sounds like he put on a lot of muscle this off season. You could see. Which is kind of, yeah, it was funny. Me and Jim talked about that a couple of weeks ago. You could see it. Um, 
last night I don't think Sandheim was good. The pair struggled. Um, but I'll be honest, I've been really impressed with Sandheim so far. Uh, so has Scott Lawton, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wasn't going to comment too much on Sandheim because I can't. One, I think Jim is, is kind of uh, got blinders on me a little bit. So I'm like, oh, I just look. <laughs> I'm, for... I'm, I'm convincing you over here. I just I, 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 I felt I was on the podcast the other night. I found myself talking negatively about him and I thought about it afterwards. I really had no reason to do that. You know, like I just kind of, it was like stuff from last year, like, and like Jim's getting to me a little bit. I got to be honest. But what I, what I wanted to talk about was the mula. And the, what I was going to say was one step forward, two step back. And that's yeah. exactly what Trav laid out with one good play, two bad plays. I don't understand the, like, I liked him when they first signed him. I gave him the benefit of the doubt when he, he had injuries and he was coming along kind of slowly. He has continuously under impressed every time I've seen him. Like, sure, maybe there's a game or two he looks like he belongs for a hot second. But, like, I nothing about him screams to me like I can't wait for him to make it up here. He is a depth guy at most. Maybe some years he figures it out and he has a sealer resurgence when he's 29 years old or something. But you said it, AHL player. I don't see much. I don't want to say I'm surprised he lasted this long because I'm actually not in a different respect they probably want to see what they have in the guy. He's been in the system for quite a while. So I'm curious where that goes, but yeah, I just, I've never been impressed with the guy. You said bland. It felt bland. He's bland. I don't see it. I don't see it with him. So with, with Zamula, the thing to take into account is he's another guy that's not waiver exempt. If he's sent down, other teams have the option to claim him. And so my thing is this, this is an undrafted, uh, player that the flyers have signed what team out there is going to go we need igor zamula we need this guy like the ottawa senators just released uh bernard docker or they waived him i'm sorry can be claimed by anybody if bernard docker doesn't get claimed is are we saying igor zamula is going to get claimed do you know well, it's what a I'm good saying? thing Ron he- good thing Ron Hextall is not in Pittsburgh anymore. I mean, that might be Seriously. the only chance. <laughs> do you get what I mean though? Like yeah, I- I'm I agree wondering, with you. like, is like do we overvalue Zamula where we're like, oh, we can't, we gotta get him up, we gotta keep him on the roster. We don't we don't want anyone claiming him. Like, if somebody does claim Zamula, big effing deal. Right? Yeah. Like he's I know he's been in the system and all this, but what are we hoping that he's going to be where yeah. we we can't release him? Or if he gets claimed, we're going to be upset. We're not talking about a top 4D. We're talking about a fringe third-pair guy, right? If if someone else claiming him makes more of an opportunity for Ronnie Adderd, who uh, I think he had a big goal, or at least he had an assist, but it was a bomb shot of Ronnie Adderd, who – so I, I think I would prefer over Zamula just for an entertainment uh, perspective. Um, Adam Jenning, not the sexiest player, sexiest name, but knows his job. And in my opinion, does it well. Um, Emil Andre, a player that I'm genuinely excited for, was my dark horse in camp. I don't have any attachment to Igor Zamula. Anything that we heard while he was a prospect, I haven't seen. I heard he was, you know, this uh, this cocky Russian that was had offense. Haven't seen any of that. Haven't seen a shot. Haven't seen him create any. He looks like an undrafted Travis Sanheim to me. Sorry, Scott. Sorry, Lots. All right, don't come for me again. But I'm just being honest. What what's the attachment to Igor Zamula? I don't know. It's my two uh, cents. Great question. <laughs> I think I was, I'd be more upset like when the uh, Colorado snagged Mark Alt back in the day than I would. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Right. And where the hell Mark what, actually didn't hear from him again for the team? Sure. He's still young. I get it. And, you know, they like, right. The you don't want to lose your young goals. guys. Sure. But I prefer not, but I ain't losing sleep over it. Yeah. I'm the same way. It's like, okay, I'd, I'd rather him make the team and be in the top seven. I don't, I didn't realize we were talking about the defense tonight. I have no idea what they ha- what the hell they do. 
That's so funny. I was like, we push that off to next week. <laughs> yeah. Your <laughs> top pair and Sandheim's your right D on your second pair. I don't know what you do after that. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't want to lose Zamula for nothing unless Danny B in his front office believes that he is nothing. Then I'll trust them and okay. But I'm not very high on Zamula, so I don't really care at this point. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, last night it seemed like they were playing a lot of the younger guys on that that third pair. You know, Walker, Stahl, Sealer weren't in. I imagine Thursday night or when's the next game? Wednesday or Thursday? I thought I saw uh, forget. Thursday. I assume that roster will be as close as we're going to get to the opening night roster, and I'm sure there'll be some cuts between now and Thursday. But uh, all right, we could talk more about some of these defensive guys um, next week since there's really nothing settled on the one little tidbit ronnie adderd was a monster last night both ends of the ice absolutely was and uh needed a big camp yep. ronnie adderd uh like we've been mentioning not that he's running out of time even though he is 24 years old not necessarily a kid there are players coming up behind him that you know if you don't get if you don't get things going could end up passing you here so yeah it was great to see he's a fun player to watch and a guy you can root for i think so i was happy to see that from adder i think i think i'd be really upset if they planned on having like walker or sealer as like the seventh guy because they want to give like a young guy that shot and they choose zamola over just because uh over adder i'd be furious that would really piss me off it would just be yeah. a way it would just be a waste of time in my opinion for sure uh all right so we're coming up in the last couple of minutes here. We're just going to do some touch-ups. So we have our buddy Ted E. Teddy ball game. Checking <laughs> in here. Were you guys stunned when, I'm going to assume you meant to say, when they regular waved Tanner Lazinski and Cal Peterson? Do both Brink and Forrester make the team? Go, Phils. Let's bring this title back to Philly. Teddy, thanks for hanging, uh, checking in, bud. Um, yeah, Tanner Lazinski. Uh, was I surprised? No. Um, that wasn't even like sent to the phantoms kind of wave was it no it was it was it was all right because i didn't I remember so. seeing with the intention of going to lehigh but you know it was expected it's unfortunate great kid uh came on our show and was great when he did um so that always meant a lot to us but uh dude it's unfortunate it just shows you that the flyers are uh, kind of are not messing around when it comes to backfilling the lineup you know you didn't show out and towards his first year replace the very next so um sucks because he's a good guy but uh, i'm okay i'm okay with that strategy the one thing i thought about lazinski and i don't even remember who he played but he actually had a solid game and then he didn't play after that he's he's just he's not really in their plans yeah Yeah. i think he's a free agent after this year i know it's restricted but i think they're just gonna let him walk yep um, okay, so the other one was obviously Cal Peterson, and uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, but they saved 1.1 million against the cap, and the rest of his salary—it's he's just buried in the minors. I don't ever foresee him coming up now that they've done this before the season. Um, looks like the two goalies are going to be Hart and Erson. Outstanding so. duo. So, yeah, we'll see what they do there, and we'll clean up some comments, and uh, we'll get the hell out of here. So, TF, TF. Thanks for checking in, bud. Um, Tyson's defensive play has been low-key underrated, but Brink has definitely looked definitely looked better offensively. Tyson has broken up some dangerous plays. Yeah, and that's kind of what I meant earlier. You know, he hasn't really stood out. He's just been he's just been solid. Trash. I don't think he's been trash. That's my opinion. <laughs> I do. I'll be honest. I do. But he's just been like. You know, you expect the big goal from him, or you expect this. And he's had the opportunity, especially in that rookie game, and it just yeah. it felt like his shot selection started to lack. And this is great. This is nice. This will keep him in good graces. But like, he's here. He's not here to do that. You know, he he's, here, he's here to put points. I wonder if this is a case of you know he got the taste of the NHL last year. He got talked up big time. This and that. Not having the best camp. There are players that are maybe more hungrier than he is. I'll be know? honest. I think that's. I think there's a good chance that's what it is. In my yeah. opinion, he's human. I understand. You get humbled, you come back stronger. That's how it works. That's why you don't hand the keys to the kids. That's why you don't do that. Like, come on, hello, they're human. Let's go here. Well said, Cam York, prime example. Um, okay, last comment off topic. Eagles sign Bradley <laughs> Roby, really good vet cornerback. 
plays inside and outside. There you go. Did somebody get hurt that that had to happen? Well, Maddox was the slot guy. And uh, they moved okay. Bradbury inside and hasn't Got really it. gone well. All right. We're uh, 15 seconds from an hour. So good stuff, guys. TF, Slaypool, <laughs> Dan Knightley, Teddy, uh, everybody. <clears throat> thanks for checking in. Thanks for hanging out on a little bit of an earlier episode than usual. We appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, so for Jack, Trav, I'm Jim. Uh, let's go Flyers and let's go Phillies. Phillies. Phillies and Tommy Sunderstrom. <laughs>